in five, four, three. Hey everybody, this is Danielle. And this is Daniel. And I'm Carla, and we are Hoosier Homicide. A true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers, or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Wait, do you know what a Hoosier is? Nope. Uh, nope. Shit. I'll look it up, I promise. We tell true crime stories with some random connection to our home state of Indiana, so come listen. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Hoosier Homicide. You can also rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes as well as Podbean. We also have a MySpace. No one's come to visit it yet. <laughs> and for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. I like the MySpace thing. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I thought the day when you dropped the stress relief candle and a goose got hit by a car was pretty shitty, but... Yeah. What happened today? Uh, I ordered takeout. I'm not going to say where, but it rhymes with... It's a LUT. It's a pizza place. But I'm not going to say who it is. We all know. And and I, I don't usually get... I sometimes get pizza, but I usually get the chicken alfredo, garlic bread... And boneless garlic parmesan wings. And they're always really good. Today, it showed up quick. Like, you know, because I track it. Because I want my food now. So I track it on a laptop. It says, you know, they'll say, you know, making, boxing, on its way. And it was quick. Which, granted, they're down the road from where I work. And showed up. The pasta was dry. The chicken and the Alfredo. There was like five pieces of chicken. The garlic bread was stale, and the boneless wings were burnt, and I felt nauseous like all day. I ate like five bites, and I was like, "I'm like, I can't do it," and I took it and just threw it away. And then I went online to take their sweet. You know, like you, you give a review and you enter this code, and it says if you want a thousand dollars or whatever. Didn't win, but man, did I let them have it. And I usually don't do that. Usually, I'm very nice because I always brought up to the whole if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything i'm usually the angry customer yeah today i was the angry customer but i got kind of in a good mood because on the way home i stopped at walmart and i was going down the aisle uh the liquor aisle uh going down that because that's a shortcut to get to the pop or soda to you guys out there and there was a woman and a man, and walking in front of them was a little toddler, a little, little tyke. And the little girl was kind of getting away. And she did that thing where she stepped, the tip of her shoe hit her heel on the other foot, and she started to go down. So I was like, Daddy, superpower, activate! And then by the time I said all that out loud, she hit the ground. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I caught her. Did the old underhand scoop. Got her. The mom ran up. She was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. I was like, it's okay. Have a great day. And I looked at the dad, and the dad stared daggers at me. Because <laughs> I out-daddied him. And I was like, yeah. Where were you? Where were you on that one, Slick? I was like, yeah. Keep giving me that look. I'll come to your house and teach your daughter the alphabet. You can never get that shit back. <laughs> you out daddied the daddy. And then I went to go check out and a kid fell in the, in the line trying to get candy. Leaned too far and hit the deck. And I was like, hey, only one a day. My, daddy, my daddy's superpowers are deactivated. I have to charge. I have to recharge my superpower. So if anything happens to our kids tonight, they're fucked. <laughs> I already spent it at work or at Walmart, so they're still me. Yeah. You can have super mommy powers. You can. We're gonna need. I haven't seen them yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host Billy. Superpower Daddy Billy. That. The printer didn't like you. And the printer's here. Is it printing the notes? I don't know what it's doing. We have a possessed printer. It's okay. It's low on ink. It'll die soon. Just go. Okay. Don't look at so, it. so we're back. We had to pause for a moment. It's doing it again. Our our printer is activating on its own. Skynet. It started. I told you guys. I told you. Did you? Yeah. Post on Facebook about that robotic dog-looking thing that can open doors. Oh. Well, let's go ahead. That's where it starts. Okay. So, Super Daddy Billy. That yeah. was your introduction. That's me, gang. And we hope you enjoyed um, the promo we played at the beginning of this episode for Who's Your Homicide, one of my new favorite podcasts. They are awesome. You Woo! guys should go listen, whether you're a Hoosier or not. And for those that don't know, Hoosier is someone from Indiana, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, they cover some neat stuff, and they remind me a lot of us. A lot of mm-hmm. vulgarity and jokes, and I think you guys will like them. So go listen to them. All right, so... We've been trying for months and months to set this episode up to get our pleasant co-host Sarah back on, Billy's sister, because we've been saying for the past year that she was going to be in our Vampires episode. But see, the problem is, is she works 12-hour shifts that are different than your 12-hour shifts, so getting together is pretty hard. Plus, she's training for a competition, which I think is this spring. So she's really hard to catch, which is okay. Yeah, so, and with um, an upcoming crossover episode between our podcast and another one, which I won't say yet, um, we kind of have a time constraint. We needed to get this one done to move on to the next one, because it's semi-related. That's all I will give you guys. You literally just look at the fucking microphone and wink. Yeah, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at you guys. I'm watching you. 
No, you did. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like that. Nerd alert. So in this one, um, I haven't looked at the notes since I researched this like way back in the like first couple of weeks of starting our podcast, and I didn't realize how much information I had. So. This one is going to be more for the nerds that want to hear about some cool historical stuff involving involving vampires. So, a lot of information to get through tonight. So, as I said, we are going to be covering vampires. That's right, I just hissed at them too. That's awesome. Yeah. That was hot. So, vampires um, are beings from folklore who subsist by feeding on the life essence, generally blood, of the living. The term vampire wasn't popularized in the West until the early 18th century after an influx of vampire superstition into Western Europe from areas where vampire legends were frequent, like the Balkans and Eastern Europe, although local variants were known by different names. There was Striga in Albania, Vricolacus in Greece, and Strigoi in Romania. And look at that dare in Indiana. <laughs> This increased level of superstition led to mass hysteria in Europe, with some cases resulting in corpses being staked and people being accused of vampirism. Now, the etymology of the word vampire. Let's get into that. The Oxford English Dictionary dates the first appearance of the word vampire, spelled with a Y, in English from 1734 in a travelogue, which I had to look this up. Evidently, a travelogue is a lecture done on like the experiences encountered by a traveler. So it's just a lecture saying, hey, I did this and this happened. And this travelogue was titled, Travels of the Three English Gentlemen. Vampires had already been discussed in French and German literature after Austria gained control of northern Serbia and Oltenia with the Treaty of Passarowitz in 1718. Officials noted the local practice of exhuming bodies and, quote, killing vampires. Now, the notion of vampirism has existed for a millennia. Mesopotamians, Hebrews, ancient Greeks, and Romans, they all had tales of demons and spirits which are considered precursors to the modern vampire. Which kind of make me wonder if maybe they are real. So many different cultures, so not in contact with each other, pretty much mm -hmm. come up with the same thing. I used to think that about dragons. I used to think, well, how can Asians come up with their form of a dragon? And then, you know, medieval Europe, they have dragon too. Even Native Americans have some sort of fucking dragon. And I was like, man, I think I'm really onto something. And then one day it hit me. Those are fucking dinosaur bones. And they all just kind of figured out they think that it's something that's a dragon. <laughs> it was dinosaur bones. I'm a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so folklore for the entity known today as a vampire originates almost exclusively from early 18th century Southern Europe when verbal traditions of many ethnic groups of the region were recorded and published. In most cases, vampires are revenants of evil beings, suicide victims, or witches. Or, what I've read is the day you're buried, if a cat jumps over your fresh grave, you become a vampire. Well, we'll get into what makes you a vampire. Oh, okay. I love this stuff. They could also be created by a malevolent spirit possessing a corpse or by being bitten by a vampire. Beliefs and legends were so pervasive that it caused mass hysteria in some locations 
and even public executions of people believed to be vampires. Early folk belief in vampires is sometimes ascribed to ignorance of the decomposition process after death. Porphyria is a group of diseases in which substances called porphyrins build up... I was about to correct you. (laughs) ...affecting the skin or nervous system. When the skin is affected, blisters or itching can occur from sunlight, and treatment involves staying out of the sunlight. Makes sense. This was once thought to be linked with vampire legends, but has been largely discredited. So, some ancient beliefs involving vampires. There's tales of supernatural beings consuming blood or flesh that have been found in nearly every culture around the world for centuries. Blood drinking and similar activities were associated with demon spirits or even the devil. Almost every nation has associated blood drinking with some kind of revenant which is a ghost or an animated corpse that's revived from death to haunt the living, or a demon, and in some cases even a deity. So, like, really, a vampire is just a really cool, super savvy zombie. It is undead, and Mm. it does need to consume something to keep going. wait until we get into some of the descriptions and see what you think about super savvy. Well, I already made up my mind. (laughs) In India, there were tales of Vitalis, a ghoul-like being that inhabited corpses. Persians are one of the first to have tales of blood-drinking demons. Creatures attempting to drink blood from men were depicted on excavated pottery shards. Sounds like the kind of decorating that Catherine Knight would have liked. Yeah. They put that shit on their pottery. <laughs> She'd be like, oh me, is that in homes and gardens? I think that's how maybe Australians might... They sound nothing like that. I apologize to all of our Australian listeners. I do not condone what Billy just did. Hey, maybe... Th- no. Mm-mm. No. No. Can't do it. She's a beaut. There you go. Got it. A little closer. Nailed it. <laughs> Ancient Babylonia and Assyria had tales of the mythical Lilitu, considered a demon and often depicted as subsisting on the blood of babies. Ew. There were estries female shape-shifting, blood-drinking demons who were said to run the night among the population seeking victims. In Jewish demonology, Ornassus or Ornias was mentioned in the Testament of Solomon. It was known as a vampire demon associating vampires and demons together. There are also many other examples that are just too voluminous to mention, but I will go through some of the different perspectives of vampires around the world here in just a moment. In European folklore, vampires were considered undead beings that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighborhoods they inhabited when they were alive. <laughs> just mischief. Little scamps mm-hmm. running around teepeeing houses. A little roustabouts. Yeah. They wore shrouds and were often described as bloated with ruddy or a dark complexion. Yeah. So, not glittery or gaunt or handsome. These and things they, were considered atrocious. And then he showed up to visit the loved ones. Mom, let's go pull down somebody's pants and give them an Indian burn. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Dad, it's really good to see you. I miss you. You got any sourdough bread? Let's make prank calls for you. But many myths surrounding vampires originated during the medieval period. Can't make prank phone calls in medieval times. Mm-mm. You know what I would do? 
I would just take a message and put it on a carrier pigeon and walk up to some dude's house and throw the pigeon at their door <laughs> and just run away. <laughs> that's your example of that's a medieval a, prank a medieval call. Prank call. <laughs> and you'd open it. It's like, is your fridge running? And they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? And I'm running. I'm What's running, a fridge? And I'm running like, ha sucker. <laughs> oh, poor pigeon. Come on, Earl. Get your bloated ass out here. We got to run. 12th century English historians and chroniclers Walter Mapp and William of Newburgh recorded accounts of revenants. That's probably how he said his name. Yeah, I nailed it. I, I shouldn't have doubted you. Folklore mostly originated and was widely reported in Eastern Europe in the late 17th and 18th centuries. Tales formed the basis of vampire legends that later entered Germany and England, where they were subsequently embellished and popularized. Now, one of the earliest recordings of vampire activity came from a region of Istria in modern Croatia in 1672. So this one goes out to Hold McNeely. He's not a fan. No, he doesn't like Croatia. Croatia is a country where I first saw a vending machine that made pizza. So, in my opinion, Croatia is the most advanced country that the world has ever known. Because it made pizza? You could push buttons and it's like, I want pepperoni, I want sausage. And it has a window and it makes it like turntable brick oven like pizza. It's fucking amazing. Google it, guys. It's amazing. (laughs) Local reports cited the local vampire... Jure Grando, and just to let you guys know, there's a lot of shit. My phone's here today, too. There's a lot of shit I am going to mispronounce, because there is shit from all over the world. I think you're doing great, baby. So I'm going to go with Jure Grando of the village Kring near Tinjan as the cause of panic among villagers. You're fucking it all up. Jure, would you like to read? I don't read. I'm ready to, baby. You're just chopping up this whole thing. I hate you. Oh, my God. Jure was a peasant who died in 1656. Local villagers claimed he returned from the dead and began drinking blood and sexually harassing his widow. The village leader ordered a stake to be driven through his heart. And as I was reading this, I was like, what fucking heart? He died in 1956 this is 1672. 1956? 1656. This is 1672. He's been dead for 16 years. He better not have a fucking heart still in his body. It should be shriveled up. Right? It's a little prune. Yeah. That been one sharp-ass steak. Well, th- they See, tried that. This is what happens when you don't have, like, the show Dark or Stranger Things or Family Guy. Mm-hmm. You have this stuff. They were stupid not to have TV back then. Yeah. They believed so anything. stupid. They believed anything. Yeah. I mean, I told you how easy it is to prank call somebody. <laughs> the pigeon. It wouldn't even be alive. It'd be an already dead bird <laughs> flying through your window because you know you're too stupid to have glass because it's medieval times and you don't know shit. <laughs> <I'm> go- <laughs> like somebody from the medieval times is out there listening like, oh, bastard. <laughs> I'll talk shit. I don't care. Stupid ass medievalans. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. Probably not. Medievalites with your stupid dead birds and plague. <laughs> Fucking retard motherfuckers. I hate you guys. Yeah, our ancestors. Yeah. Those people. Well, our ancestors didn't make a fucking pizza vending machine. I'm kind of ashamed of us. <laughs> well, uh, these villagers tried to put the stake through his little pruny, tiny heart. And it failed to kill him. 
Well, I mean, so, he's dead. I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but then they decided we got to cut his head off. Well, yeah, that's your next course of action. So they probably just took his skull and went, boop, because it wasn't attached to anything. <laughs> they, they they beheaded him. They just went, boop. Yeah, Steve, just pick it up. And just tossed it over there. But this was successful. Just, just boop. I see him being lazy about it, too. Just pick it up, put it by his feet. Yeah. He won't care. He can't. This is the first case in history that a real person was described as what we know as a vampire. So, what do you do, though? I kill vampires. You know, you could actually say that. Once you do it, you do it one time. That's your job now. I kill vampire. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one. Fuck around with dead people. Really. That's necrophilic. That's gross. I, I meant just doodle. Doodle? Diddle. 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 Mm. You don't out. even know the right words about abusing a corpse. Does it have a corpse there? Play Uno. Win every time. <laughs> this is anything about sex. You, you sick bitch. I meant play patty cake. And oh. get mad that they won't play back. Oh. Yeah. During the 18th century, the Age of Enlightenment, during which most folklore legends began, the belief in vampires increased dramatically resulting in mass hysteria throughout Europe. There was a frenzy of vampire sightings in Eastern Europe with frequent stakings and grave diggings to identify and kill the potential revenants. Or somebody that pissed you off or somebody that owed you money. You could just stake them and then be like, I thought he was a vampire. Even government officials engaged in the hunting and stakings. Panic began with an outbreak of alleged vampire attacks in Eastern Prussia in 1721 during the Habsburg Monarchy. As you may recall from our incest episode... Big chin. Big, big chin. The Habsburg jaw. That's probably who they took the orders from, too. <laughs> big bad things running around. Me no read. <laughs> Get sharp thing and dead birds. This spread to other localities. Two famous vampire cases, the first to be officially recorded, involved the corpse of Peter Blagojevich. Blagojevich. Peter Plego that bless you and (laughs) Milos Cesar from Serbia the two incidents were well documented government officials examined the bodies wrote case reports and published books throughout Europe the hysteria commonly referred to which I've never heard of it commonly referred to this but evidently it was a big deal and it was called the 18th century vampire controversy. And it raged for a generation. I thought of something. I'm kind of going, I'm kind of backtracking. But that first guy that they tried to stick the stake through his raisin heart. Mm-hmm. And then they just took his head and played kickball with it. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine, like, let's say, for instance, there is a heaven. That's okay if you believe that. What if he's looking down and he's like... Wait, what are you? What are you doing? Like, like, like somebody next to him's like, "Hey, isn't that your grave?" Like, no, that's not my fuck. That's my fucking grave. What are they doing? Why are they hitting it? What? That's my. Ho- oh my god! Not you. <laughs> yes, my son. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! What? Not you either. <laughs> they took. That's my head. They took my head. They're playing keep away with my head. 
I don't know about you, Frank, but I've never had my head turn into hot potato. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Jesus, are you supposed to rapture the fucking church about now? What the fuck, man? They're playing with my head. <laughs> Thanks about time. While the problem exacerbated by rural epidemics of so-claimed vampire attacks undoubtedly caused the higher amount of superstition that was present in village communities, with locals digging up bodies and, in some cases, staking them. Now, some non-European beliefs. This is where I really have trouble pronouncing shit. You've been doing great so far. (laughs) In Africa, various regions have folktales featuring beings with vampiric abilities. In West Africa, the Ashanti people tell of the iron-toothed, tree-dwelling Asenbazum. Hold on, let me see. I'll get it. Wait. I bet y'all nail this shit on the fucking head. Asenbazum. Sure. Asenbazum. Sounds good. Ooh, Asenbazum. That's good. Yeah. And that you people talk of the Adzi, which can take the form... (laughs) That sounded bad. Not you people. It's E-U-E people. The you people. Sound like you went, and you people? No. E-W-E. <laughs> I don't know why they're named after ewes, but... They talk of this Adzi, which can take the form of a firefly and hunts children. Have you ever heard of firefly buzz? No. It's creepy. I it'll, believe you. It'll make a kid run. <laughs> the Eastern Cape region has the Umpundulu which can take the form of a large talon bird and can summon thunder and lightning. And the Betsilio people of Madagascar tell of the Ramanga, an outlaw or living vampire who drinks the blood and eats the nail clippings of nobles. Oh, Watch God. out, Teresa Nor. Put those nail clippings away. Oh, man. He's going to nibble them up. That's so fucking... It went from cool to gross instantly. There's more shit. Wait. Like... Oh, this is so menacing, and he drinks the blood and leaves you for dead. But not until he takes your fucking shoes off and nibbles at your goddamn toes. (laughs) That's what we call a pedicure. That went from awesome to (laughs) gross. Yeah, that's how we take care of it in my house, you know. I'll be like, Erica, bite my toenails. And she's like... That's what they did in the 18th century. Did we do it here? That's their pedicure. Erica's like, on it. Call the vampires. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, tickles. I've kicked her twice. In the Americas, the Lugaru is an example of how a vampire belief can result from a combination of beliefs, like a mixture of French and African voodoo or voodoo. The term Lugaru possibly comes from the French loup guru, which means werewolf, and is common in the culture of Mauritius. Mauritius. You got it right the first time. Sure. Billy Pendant research, I know. (laughs) But stories of the Luguru are widespread through the Caribbean islands and Louisiana here in the U.S. And I've actually heard of Loop Guru before, but not Luguru. No, no, none of this. That is reminds sh- me of Loogie. None of this is checking out with a um, documentary I saw. And what was that? Um, this is Jim. It's called The Lost Boys. You had the Frog Brothers. Ah. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Truth, justice, and the American way. They really, you know, the ones from Lost Boys really are one of the most hardcore vampires I've ever fucking seen. Mm-hmm. No, no, Edward Jacob, whoever the fuck that is, but Anne Rice had it good, but they're a little too poshy, you know, a little yeah. too bougie. But I don't know that they were as bougie in the 
books, maybe. But you have to conform with the time period you're in. I get it. And you're from that time period, so you're kind of just stuck in your own ways. Like you can see at the end of uh, Interview with the Vampire, spoiler alert, where Lestat pulls out his fringe underneath mm-hmm. his jean jacket. You know, it's like, ah, oh, he's still stuck in fucking... You know, you know, like your uncle that visits, but, you know, he can't get out of the But he had been, 70s. quote unquote, dead for like a century. Yeah. He was just coming back to life. So in his mind, that was probably still the fashion trend. And I'm so sick and tired of all this romantic, tragic fucking vampires. I tell you what. Vampires don't fucking sparkle. It's the whole... Just my personal it's opinion. It's the whole... That Bram Stoker started the shit, you know, with the whole romance and I understand you have to have a story with it you know to to, to to tell the story of a vampire you have to have a plot I get it you know what didn't have a plot that I love 30 days a night that was not romantic there was no love that movie. tragedy of love lost and you want to keep her forever so you make her a fucking vampire and when sun comes out you fucking sparkle no they were there for a fucking purpose to fucking murder and to kill and to drink the blood of everybody possible. And if you happen to be left alive, guess what? You're a vampire. But they didn't set out to make you one. Mm-hmm. It was just, oh, you're alive after getting your leg ripped off? Welcome to the club. Good luck, Stumpy. And yep. then that's it. That was that, that is that is one of the best vampire movies and underrated. And, and actually, I never liked Josh Hartnett until I saw that movie. I, I just thought he was kind of weird looking. And then he was in that movie and he did an excellent job. I like him in Black so. Hawk Down. Did a really good job. So, yep. but yeah, Three Days a Night. To me, that is a vampire. That's an excellent movie. Yeah, highly recommend it. Okay, so similar female monsters are the Sequoyant of Trinidad and the Tunda and Patasola of Colombian folklore, while the Mapuche of Southern Chile have the blood sucking. <laughs> That's a funny word. What Mapuche? <laughs> you want to hit Mapuche? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Mapuche so dry. <laughs> I, was, I went somewhere else in my brain. No, not, not me. I can't train Mapuche. He won't sit. <laughs> oh, is that your dog? That's that, that's Mapuche right there. <laughs> and maybe it's Mapuche or something. I don't know, but I, I hope, I'm calling it Mapuche. I hope it's a little three-foot-tall elf-looking vampire. Like, look at it like, oh No, it was a blood-sucking snake. So, yeah, the Mapuche people of southern Chile have the blood-sucking snake known as the Puchin. <laughs> Aztec uh, I myth... Like, I just, like... No matter how horrible it would be if I was in Chile at the time, they'd be like, Ah, señor, es la Puchi. And they'd be like, <laughs> Where? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Get the selfie stick. I want to see it. Aztec mythology described tales of the Chihuahuas... Ch- Keep going with it. Sihuatelio. Fuck yeah. C-I-H-U-A-T-E-L-E-O. What would you call that? What's his name-o? Sihuatelio. That sounds good to me. Ooh. Skeletal face spirits of those who died in childbirth, who stole children and entered into sexual liaisons with the living, driving them mad. Ew. With their crazy skills drive you mad is that a succubus mm, isn't succubus like a almost like a ghost or a demon or it's something that sexes you up i believe there's incubus and succubus and i can't remember which one's guy and which one's girl i think succubus is girl yeah i i don't think they're vampire related you can if you imagine it if you want them to be 
Okay, you do that. Get back to us. Let us know what you find out. Uh, Mapuche. In Asia, the modern belief is rooted in older for older folk. Oh my god. Older folklore. You you said you're gonna have trouble pronouncing all these words, you fucking folklore. Yeah. Because say older folklore. Older folklore. Say it three times fast. No. I don't wanna. Because you're not gonna fuck it up. I'll fuck up anything if I say it three times fast. If I say three times fast, three times fast, I'll fuck it up. It's because you're saying something fast and repetitive. In South Asia, the Buddha or Pret is the soul of a man who died an untimely death. It wanders around animating dead bodies at night, attacking the living much like a ghoul. In northern India, the Brahmarak Shasa was a vampire-like creature with a head encircled by intestines and a skull from which it drank blood. It drank it out of a skull? Or a skull, it has a skull that's drinking blood. It has a skull that's drinking blood. With intestines wrapped around it. Well, I mean, how do you do that? You don't have lips for suction. I don't know. Ask the people of northern India. Okay, I'll be back. In Japan, the Nukakubi is a being whose head and neck detach from its butt. Sit back down. Going to India. No, you're not. Sit down. Yeah, that's, that's right, bitch. Sit down. <gasps> On my poochie's grave, I swear I will not sit down. <laughs> uh, sit your poochie down. <laughs> I said I sat on my balls wrong. I was like, oh, my poochie. <laughs> oh, God. So My poochie's hilariously adorable. <laughs> So, the, the Nukakubi is a being whose head and neck detach from its body to fly about seeking human prey at night. Legends of female... Wait, neck and head? Yep. The neck has to come with it. Yep. That's weird. Yep. I told you this shit got weird. I mean, I understand the head... No, I don't understand that. That's not, that's not <laughs> logical. That's stupid. But you know how you see like in cheesy 80s horror movies, you'll see like a head with wings flying around uh-huh. or like the thing the head that that grew legs was just in my opinion the creepiest part of the fucking movie but why the neck why does that have to come i don't know but i don't think beheading this creature would stop it no you'd be doing it a favor <laughs> <laughs> you cut its head off and it's like it's go time bitch <laughs> well there are legends of female vampire-like beings who can detach parts of their upper body also in the Philippines, Malaysia, and Indonesia. They all have some form of this creature with the detaching head. In the Philippines, there are two main vampire-like creatures. The Tagalog Mandarugo, which means bloodsucker, and the Visayan Mananangal, or self-segmenter. M-A-N-A-N-A-N-G-G-A-L. Mananangal. That sounds like if you said that three three times fast, it would be like in a movie where you think back to a memory. <laughs> Almost sounds like the sound in between Batman scenes. <laughs> the Mandarugo takes the form of an attractive girl by day and develops wings and a long, hollow, thread-like tongue by night 
used to suck up blood from sleeping victims. The Mananangal is described as being an older, beautiful woman capable of severing its upper torso in order to fly into the night with huge bat-like wings and prey off unsuspecting sleeping pregnant women in their homes. A cougar. <laughs> right? A cougar vampire. A cougar flying vampire torso. That preys on pregnant women. They use an elongated proboscis-like tongue to suck fetuses from the pregnant woman. Think they're so suave now? I keep thinking of like the American version of it. An abortion? What? No. <laughs> it's like the fetus. No, 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 no. The <laughs> the the cougar flying around. I apologize. I'm so sorry. The cougar flying around and everything. Like, ah, get me a Manhattan. Ah, love sex in the city. Ah. <laughs> they brought Golden Girls back to Netflix. Ah. <laughs> They also prefer to eat entrails, especially the heart and liver, you know, if you got them lying around. And the phlegm of sick people. That's gross. That's fucking gross. That's the grossest thing I've heard so far. Oh, my God. Throwback to spit in my mouth. Uh, just drink some pineapple, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. The f and it's not even healthy phlegm. It's the phlegm of sick people. You know... It, uh, it's infected phlegm. Uh, it's the green, it's green, it's the green. and yellow, uh, and, uh, and stringy. Uh, yeah. Palate cleanser, go. Whew. All right, we're going back to it. Though. <laughs> you know the, the, the what's his face? Fuckwad in the last one, huh? The last episode, Ahmad. Yeah, Siraji. Ahmad. I, I I like to picture that he drank it unwillingly, like he knew he had to. You know, he's like, oh, let me just choke this fucking down, you know? This one does it for substance. This one does it and goes, ah. Mm-hmm. Ah, what was it? Do you have any hearts or livers laying around? Oh, man, that that was, hold on. <laughs> flu. <laughs> that was the flu. <laughs> yep. The next one's like, oh, man, what was Swirling around a brandy glass. That was a <sighs> chest congestion. Bronchitis is vi it he's getting better. This is finally aged. This is finally <laughs> aged phlegm. Oh, that's so disgusting. Look at the legs when I swirl it. Oh. The Malaysian Penangalan is either a beautiful old or young woman who obtained her beauty through the active use of black magic or other unnatural means. It's most commonly described in local folklore to be dark or demonic in nature. You're dark, dark or demonic in nature. Yeah, sounds about right. I love you. I love you too. She is able to detach her fanged head. What's with the detaching shit? I told you, in Asia, this is a big thing. Are humans Legos? <laughs> no, we are not. I never learned that in anatomy class, ever. I'm going to try to attach my leg tomorrow. <laughs> Please don't. With a, I don't want to have to pinch your femoral artery. I bet you I could detach it with a fucking semi-truck on an interstate. I bet you I could take my leg right off. <sighs> so she would detach her fanged head and then fly around in the night looking for blood. Typically, once again, from pregnant women. Wait, does the head fly or does she fly the holding head. her head? That'd be funny if she just took her head off. And it was like, 
go ahead, go. And then, like, she grew wings and flew around. Holding the head. Holding her head like a basketball above her head. Like, what do you see? No. The the head would fly around. Malaysians... So, do you think the body just stands there? Or does it drop to the fucking ground dead because there's no head there? I would assume it would drop, but you never know. I have a feeling it would do that thing where, like, there's one hand on the hip just sitting there tapping her foot. Just... <laughs> Do that thing where they, they, they like check their nails to see if their nails are okay, but there's no head to check. But it's just sitting there like, eh, time is up. I don't know. I don't have eyes to see, but whatever. Do I look fat in this dress? Ah, you wouldn't know. Okay. Why are you running? Malaysians would hang juruju, which are thistles, around the doors and windows of the houses, hoping that the penangalan would not enter for fear of catching its intestines on the thorns. You don't want to mess that up. Smart. Yeah. Smart. I mean, that makes the whole thing come together is the intestines. Yeah. Don't want to get a snag in your hose, right? I hear you. And they're not wrong. Or a snag in your hose. I, I have a feeling that if you took my intestines out right now, I'd probably fucking die. So, I mean, I'm with them. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Malaysia, go. The Layak is a similar being in Balinese folklore of Indonesia. A Kuntalanak or Matianak in Indonesia or Pontianak or Langswir in Malaysia is a woman that died during childbirth and became undead, seeking revenge in terrifying villages. What do they want revenge for? I don't know. It couldn't possibly for be dying during childbirth. That's nobody's, Maybe they want revenge on the kid. That's nobody's <laughs> fault. Oh, that'd be awful. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the doctor didn't stitch her up right and she bled to death. I don't know. There's one dude in Malaysia. He's like 13. He's like, every night I go to bed. I wake up in the middle of the night and there's this woman standing over the bed looking at me. And she points her finger at me. And she's like, you motherfucker. And I'm like, what did I do? And then I wake up. But I'm awake the whole time. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. I gotcha. You, you know. Yep. She appeared as an attractive woman with long black hair that covered a hole in the back of her neck which she used to suck children's blood. From the back of the neck? Yeah. Whatever. Filling the hole with her own hair would drive her off. So if you could sneak around to the back of her and just kind of push some hair in there, just kind of pack it in. Cork. A cork. Yeah, just, just cork, get a cork her off. You know, She'd be like, oh my God, and she'd run away. I wonder if other cultures think Western cultures, as far as our view of vampires, think we're stupid. Because it sounds like all these are pretty fucking stupid. Do you think like... Or horrifying. Do you think like they're like, oh, vampires in Western culture? Hole in the back of the head, right? <laughs> Sharp what? Teeth? That's stupid. What are you talking about? The neck. Really? That's where they get it from? And they just bite no, them. The Pen and Galan, she had a fanged head. Still though. It detached, but it was fanged. And then they're like, wait, tell me at least they hang this shit on the door to rip out the intestines. What? You mean they won't come in unless you invite them? <laughs> this is stupid. Fucking Westerners are Or they're dumb. like, we've been doing it wrong this whole time. I would hope it's that, but I think it's probably <laughs> the former. So, like I said, she's got this hole in her head. You plug it up with her own hair. I've never heard that sentence before until you said it. <laughs> and she'd run away. Like I said. So, <laughs> their corpses there had their mouths filled with glass beads, eggs were placed under each armpit, and needles were placed in their palms to prevent them from becoming a langswear. See? 
I don't know what purpose those things had, but... Say they traveled to, like, Romania, and they're, like, with Van Helsing, and he's like, we're going to do vampire hunting, and he's like, all right, where's your eggs? And he's like, fucking what? Yeah. You don't even have glass beads? Can you imagine how weird funeral director would look at you if you were like, I have to do this before you put her in the ground? I have to put glass beads. You do it at calling hours? In her mouth. <laughs> you do it at calling hours and you get glass beads from fucking Hobby Lobby. <laughs> you just pour them in their mouth. And like, give me the eggs. Brown ones, not the white ones. There you go. Mm-hmm. Are these hard boiled or fresh? Where are the needles? Grab her palm. She's stiff. She's so fucking stiff. I need a palm. <laughs> Here, grab her, grab her hand. Oh, she's cold. Zhang Shi, sometimes called Chinese vampires by Westerners, are reanimated corpses that hop around, killing living creatures to absorb life essence, or qi, from their victims. They are said to be created when a person's soul, or po, fails to leave the deceased body. Some have disputed the comparison of Zhang Shi with vampires, as Zhang Shi are usually represented as mindless creatures with no independent thought. Oh my god, me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one unusual feature, and this is where you don't fall in line. This monster has greenish-white furry skin, perhaps derived from the fungus or mold growing on corpses. During the late 18th and 19th centuries, belief in vampires was widespread in parts of New England, particularly Rhode Island and eastern Connecticut. When was this? Late 18th and 19th centuries. Those motherfuckers will believe anything. Look at the Salem Witch Trials. They'll believe anything. Many cases of families disentering loved ones and removing their hearts in belief that the deceased was a vampire was responsible for sickness and death in the family, though the term vampire was never actually used to describe the deceased. You know, I feel bad for anybody that dies in, like, Salem because it'd be like, all right, well, okay... Let's go ahead and stake them and then, you know, do this, do that. Just make sure they're not a vampire. And just to make sure they're not a witch, drown them. Throw them in water. It, you know, it's like... Burn them! And again, they'd probably be in heaven like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh my god! Uh, no, al- not you! I'm already dead. You guys should be... Shouldn't you be farming or something? <laughs> Or they'd be, be next to another dead person up there and be like, look at this motherfucker here. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> they're, they're weighing me down with rocks. That, that's cool. I'm dead. They could just put me in the water and the water will go in my mouth and I'll fucking fall. There's no air in me, but hey, whatever fucking floats your boat. They could probably use those rocks to build a church. Gives a shit, right? <laughs> there, look at that. There's the corn. Corn's going bad. But yeah, make sure I'm not a witch. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Well, tuberculosis, our favorite disease, is it the though? consumption, was believed to be caused by nightly visitations from a dead family member who had died of consumption themselves. So they thought their dead relatives were bringing it back to them. The most famous and most recently recorded case of suspected vampirism was last week. No. Oh, damn. Is that of 19-year-old Mercy Brown who died in Exeter, Rhode Island in 1892. She probably came back and didn't show no mercy. Her father... <laughs> her father and family physician removed her from her tomb two months after her death. Up top, Billy. Cut out her heart and burned it to ashes. 
<laughs> now, in modern times, a vampire is generally like Billy made it out to be a fictitious entity that's kind of suave and charismatic. Always sad. Always sad or the opposite. Always happy to kill. You know um, who is not, though? Fucking Louis. Mm-hmm. At least in the movie. At the end of the movie, he was—he talked about it, you know. He was, oh, spoiler alert. And he was just like, you know, I go day to day, you know. Whoever crosses my path, I, I you know, I kill them. I fart, and then I go watch a movie. I love the color blue. <laughs> so, they're kind of portrayed as these charismatic villains. Now, occasional, quote-unquote, sightings of vampires are still reported. Still? Al- yeah. Allegations of vampire attacks swept through the African country of Malawi during late 2002 and 2003, with mobs stoning one individual to death and attacking at least four others, including Governor Eric Chiwaya. Now, here's the thing. During the stoning, don't you think one of them would be like, hold up, guys, if he's a vampire, wouldn't this be impervious? Wouldn't you just get up and murder all of us and rip us apart? Um, his eye is outside of his, sock- his eye socket right now. But their beliefs are different in every region that you go to. Sure, but once you're hit with a rock in the temple and you shit your pants, it'd be like, okay, well, he's probably not. <laughs> well, they they stoned him to death, attacked at least four others, including Governor Eric Chihuahua, based on the belief that the government was colluding with vampires. That's some Alex Jones shit. That's some Donald Trump shit. Why is that Donald Trump shit? Collusion. Does he say that a lot or something? He's being accused of collusion with the Russians about the election. Oh, yeah. Evidently, you're not following the news. I have a theory, and it might not be Alex Jones-ish. And this is political. I never get political. I have a theory that Russians are probably involved in damn near every election. <laughs> but people care about it because the news told you to care about it. Nobody cared about it until then. They weren't colluding with vampires, though. We don't know that. A more notable modern age case of the Chupacabra... There's one. ...is in Puerto Rico and Mexico. I say that because you just said something I now know. Everything (laughs) else is like, you could have just made it up. You said Chupacabra, and I'm like, hey, I know that. I know that word. (laughs) Chupacabra means goat sucker. Chupacabra. 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 It's said to be a creature that feeds upon the flesh or drinks the blood of domesticated animals leading some to consider it a kind of vampire, even though it's not really feeding off of people. In February of 2004 in Romania, several relatives of Toma Petra feared he had become a vampire. They dug up his corpse, tore out his heart, burned it, and mixed it with water in order to drink it. Because they thought that was a cure. To drink it? Yeah. Okay. Why not? In January of 2005... Rumors circulated that an attacker had bitten a high number of people in Birmingham, England, fueling concerns about a vampire roaming the streets. Local police stated that no crime had been reported, and that case appears to actually be an urban legend. In 2006, a physics professor at University of Central Florida wrote a paper arguing that it's mathematically impossible for vampires to exist. Based on geometric progression. It took this long for somebody to say, there's no fucking way that could happen. What's wrong with you guys? Well, according to his paper, 
If the first vampires had appeared on January 1st, 1600, and it fed once a month, which is way less often than what is depicted in folklore and films, and every victim turned into a vampire... You're hearing Sage drink aggressively. Oh my god. If it was Gatorade, she'd be done, because that quenches your thirst, I hear. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm told. The legend says... So, if every victim... Stop. So, if each one of those victims turned into a vampire, then within 2.5 years, the entire human population of that time would have turned into vampires. But the paper made no attempt to address the credibility of the assumption that every vampire victim would turn into a vampire. You know, this reminds me of a mathematician... About zombies? About The Walking Dead in particular. Mm -hmm. Said that if everybody turns, but if everybody broke up into groups of at least two and killed two zombies a day within two years, there would be no more... They... you would eradicate the entire thing and then you would just have to stay on top of the people that died and turned but as far as the ones that are already dead within two years you can just get rid of all the walking dead but then when I read that I was like that's really interesting by the way this is fucking fiction why are you fucking taking this so goddamn seriously shouldn't you you don't know that we haven't covered zombies yet you know what could be lurking out there you're right I just thought maybe he should be working on like (laughs) curing cancer or something uh, mathematicians don't usually cure cancer. Well, they figured out zombies and vampires, apparently. <laughs> Modern fiction's charismatic or sophisticated vampire was born in 1819 with the publication of the story The Vampire, spelled with a Y, by John Polidori. But Bram Stoker's novel Dracula in 1897 is considered the quintessential vampire novel and is the basis for modern vampire legends. He really did steal the show. The success of the book spawned a distinctive vampire genre, which is dominant in horror. Now, to create your own vampire. There are many varied causes of vampiric generation in original folklore. Sounds like instructions for when you get a package. So I'm going to let you know how to make a vampire. To get your own vampire, do this. In Slavic and Chinese traditions... Any corpse that an animal, particularly a dog or cat, jumped over was feared to become undead, just as you mentioned earlier. A body with a wound not treated with boiling water was also a risk. So, if you ever get an open wound, make sure you dump a pot of boiling water on it, lest you become a vampire. You know, I'd rather just be a vampire. (laughs) In Russian folklore... Vampires were said to have once been witches or rebels against the Russian Orthodox Church while alive. Of course, of course. So don't rebel against the Russian Orthodox Church. Of course, you're a vampire because you're against Mother Russia. (laughs) Cultural practices intended to prevent the deceased from turning into an undead revenant include burying a corpse upside down or placing earthly objects, such as scythes or sickles, near the grave to satisfy any demons entering the body or to appease the dead so that it would not wish to rise from its coffin. I don't know why hanging on to a scythe in your coffin is going to say, Hey, this is cool. I think I want to stay here. This resembles the ancient Greek practice of placing an obelisk or a coin 
and corpses' mouths to pay for the toll across the river Styx in the underworld. I thought it was on their eyes. I've seen that in movies so much. You put coins over it. According to this, Hmm. it's in the mouth. Okay. It's been argued that the coin instead was intended to ward off any evil spirits from entering the body, and this may have influenced later vampire folklore. This tradition persisted in modern Greek folklore about the Vrikolakos, in which a wax cross and a piece of pottery with the inscription, quote, Jesus Christ conquers, were placed on the corpse to prevent vampirism. So, going back to So you better be a Christian. Oh, no. (laughs) Going back to what you said, though. So if you don't have a coin to give to the boatman or the Grim Reaper, whoever it is that Mm -hmm. takes you across River Styx... If you don't have that coin, then your body's just like, well, fuck it, I'll stay here and call some shit. Is that, did I follow that correctly, or? I guess so. Okay. Sure. Other common European methods practiced included severing the tendons at the knees and placing poppy seeds, millet, or sand on the ground at the gravesite of presumed vampires. This intended to keep the vampire occupied all night by counting the fallen grains, indicating an association with erythromania, or OCD with counting. Because you could just occupy the vampire's night by throwing him some grains and be like, count that shit. And the vampire's obliged to do this? I, I guess so. He he had to count them. It would be funny if a vampire is chasing you and you just grab Sayer's throat and he's like, fuck! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Don't go nowhere! Well, th- and this is, I'll just, this is what I read. Similar Chinese narratives state if a vampire-like creature happened upon a sack of rice, it would have to count every grain. Hmm. Accountants are vampires. I'll just leave that there. Accountants are vampires. This theme is encountered in myths from the Indian subcontinent as well as in South American tales of witches or other evil or mischievous spirits or beings. In Albanian folklore... The Dampen is a hybrid child... Now, this is where it gets completely complicated. The hybrid child of the Karkanxol... Yeah, sure. I know those. K-A-R-K-A-N-X-H-O-L-L. L-L, yeah. Which are werewolf-like creatures wearing an iron male shirt. And the Lugat... Have to count every goddamn link of the sh- <laughs> And the Lugat, which is a water-dwelling ghost or monster. The Dampen sprung of a Karkanx... Carcansol. 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 I like to go to Carcansol in the summertime. It's nice. Allergies are low, you know. It's nice. Well, the dampen sprung from one of those has the unique ability to discern the carcinol. Carcansol. Canker sore. Yep. <laughs> from this derives the expression, quote, the dampen knows the lugat. Yeah. The Lugat can't be seen and can only be killed by the Dampen, who himself is usually the son of a Lugat. I have that saying tattooed on me. Right behind my knee. Hmm. I've never seen it. How often do you look behind my knee? You wear shorts all the time. I see the back of your knee all the time. You don't look hard enough. <laughs> right. In different regions, animals can be revenants as Lugats and also living people during their sleep. <laughs> Lugats your nose. So, identifying vampires. One method is leading a virgin boy through a graveyard or church grounds on a virgin stallion. The horse would supposedly balk at the grave in question. Generally, a black horse is required. 
But in Albania, a white one will do. Sure. Okay. Now you guys know. Another sign is holes appearing in the earth over a grave. That's probably, yeah. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Fresh dirt where there wasn't any. Corpses thought to be vampires were generally described as having a healthier appearance than expected, plump and showing little or no signs of decomposition. In some cases, when suspected graves were opened, villagers described the corpse as having fresh blood from a victim on its face. Evidence that a vampire was active in a given locality included the death of cattle, sheep, relatives, or neighbors. Folkloric vampires could make their presence felt by engaging in minor poltergeist-like activity, hurling stones on roofs or moving household objects, and pressing on people in their sleep. Or just fucking biting them. <laughs> why yeah, you just, why get, go through all that? Press up on somebody in their sleep. Just, why? That's, that's what my dumbass vampire self would be. You'd wake up in the middle of the night to see me going, I'm pressing you. I'm pressing you. <laughs> Why? Get out of my house. No pressing you. <laughs> you want me to throw a stone? I can throw a stone. Watch this. I won't even move. <laughs> clack, 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 clack. Huh? There's good news. There's protection. Thank God. Apotropaics are items used to ward off revenants and are common in vampire folklore. Garlic being a common example. But there's also the branch of wild rose and the hawthorn plant were said to harm vampires. And in Europe... Sprinkling mustard seed on the roof of the house was said to keep them away. Vampires can't stand Run out and get your mustard seed now. Other apotropaics include sacred items such as a crucifix, rosary, or holy water. Vampires were said to not be able to walk on sacred grounds like churches or temples or to cross running water. I've heard that. I got this image of a vampire trying to chase you and then you run through the creek and you're on the other side of this like five foot creek and he's just standing there with his head hanging and he's sad. You know, I kind of <laughs> get the same thing. Like you just jump in, you jump in the water, turn around, look at the vampire and flip him off and he's like, ah, and he kicks a sand. He's like, fuck, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. <laughs> this is some bullshit. You played yourself. He's floating away like, okay, he's going to be busy for 10 years. (laughs) Mirrors were also used to ward off vampires when placed facing outwards on a door. Some cultures believe vampires have no reflection and sometimes do not cast a shadow. This perhaps is the manifestation of a vampire's lack of soul. This attribute, while not universal was used by Bram Stoker in Dracula Mm -hmm. and has remained popular with subsequent authors and filmmakers. I've never read the book, but I watched Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola, which is supposed to be most accurate from the book. And if it is, I kind of do feel bad for Dracula. Poor guy had a bad rap. (laughs) In South American superstition, aloe vera hung backwards. Backwards, people. How do you know what's frontward and back? I guess the veins of the leaves? Maybe. You have to hang it backwards, behind or near a door, and that was thought to ward off vampiric beings. Some traditions hold that a vampire cannot enter a house unless invited by the owner. Once they do that, then they can come and go as they please. Though vampires in folklore were believed to be more active at night, they generally weren't considered vulnerable to sunlight back then. So, don't know if 
waiting on the sun to rise is going to help you there with the protection. Which is what Bram Stoker went with. It doesn't mm-hmm. destroy him. It just makes him weaker, but that's about it. So, some methods of destruction. Metal! Methods are varied. Staking being the most common. Particularly in southern Slavic cultures. Ash is the preferred wood in Russia and Baltic states. There's wood specified? Yes. Hawthorne in Serbia. Oak and Silesia. Does it have to be black virgin oak, but if you're in Albania, white's okay? <laughs> Aspen is also a wood of choice, as it was believed that Christ's cross was made from aspen. Aspen's a wood? Aspen is a wood. Aspen branches on graves of purported vampires was said to prevent their risings at night. Potential vampires were often staked through the heart, though the mouth was targeted in Russia and northern Germany and the stomach in northeastern Serbia. So know your regions, people. Know where you got a steak. Know where you got to put an egg. Yep. You need to learn this. Write it down. Take notes. Piercing the skin of the chest was a way of, quote-unquote, deflating the bloated vampire. I get it. Aw, that's okay. (laughs) This is similar to the act of burying sharp objects, such as sickles, with the corpse, so that they may penetrate the skin if the body bloats sufficiently while transforming into a revenant. And it would just deflate him like a balloon. I bet they made that sound, too. Yep. Just like that. And you know he was gearing up to be, be a vampire, so it would be like, damn it. <laughs> oh, man, guys. As we've mentioned, decapitation was a preferred method in German and Western Slavic regions, which ain't gonna get you nowhere in Asia, with the head buried between the feet, oh. behind the buttocks, or away from the body completely. Pluck it off. Boop. Throw it away. The act was seen as a way of hastening the departure of the soul, which in some cultures was said to linger in the corpse. That make you sad, Sage? You okay? (laughs) A vampire's head, body, or clothes could be spiked and pinned to the earth to prevent rising. And now I have an image of a sad vampire just pinned to the ground in his grave. Just like... (sighs) Oh, man. Guys. Really? We both decided at the same time. It's awesome. Romanian people drove steel or iron needles in the corpse's heart and placed bits of steel in the mouth, over the eyes, and between the fingers at the time of burial. They also placed hawthorn in the corpse's sock or drove a hawthorn stake through the legs. Now, further measures include pouring boiling water over the grave or complete incineration of the body. That would do it. We're not going to do that to you, Sage. No, not you. Just vampires. We love you, Sage. Do you know any? Are you friends with some? Is that why you're sad? Motherfucker. Do we need to have a talk? She doesn't speak her language. She won't, she won't talk back. <laughs> In the Balkans, a vampire could be killed by being shot or drowned, by repeating the funeral service, sprinkling holy water on the body, or by exorcism. In Romania, garlic placed in the mouth or shooting a bullet through the coffin worked. And through for the coffin? You know they hit the body? Through the coffin. For those resistant fucks, though, the body was dismembered and the pieces were burned, mixed with water, and administered to the family members as a cure, as we mentioned previously. In Saxon regions of Germany, a lemon was placed in the mouth of suspected vampires. That ruined my fucking day. I don't know why that stopped you from being a vampire, but okay. I don't know. Every time you woke up, you'd be like, ah, fuck! Ah, ah, ah. 
Well, there are some misunderstood potential origins of vampire beliefs. And it could be from misunderstood pathology, decomposition. Or pathology. Contagions or rabies. Sometimes people suspected vampires when a cadaver didn't look like they expected when disinterred. The rate of decomposition varies based on temperature and soil composition, as I'm sure most of you listening know. This led vampire hunters to conclude a dead body had not decomposed at all, or ironically, to interpret signs of decomposition as signs of continued life. Now, this is because corpses swell as gases from decomp accumulate, and pressure forces blood to ooze from the mouth and nose. This could have been interpreted as recent vampire activity. The body also looks plump, well-fed, ruddy, and these changes are more striking if the person had been pale or thin in life. Gases can also escape the body through the vocal cords and can make a groaning sound. Which is creepy. Yeah. No, Sage, it's creepy. It doesn't matter. It probably sounds like that. Ooh. (laughs) Ah, man. After death, the skin and gums lose fluids and then they begin to contract exposing the roots of hair, nails, and teeth. Make it look like it grew. Which gives the illusion that they've grown. Now, eventually, nails fall off and the skin peels away, and then that can be interpreted as new skin and nails, quote-unquote. You know, I heard that to prevent somebody from becoming a vampire, you need to bury them facing north at a crossroads. Then I get the thing, and the rate of people dying and how many roads you actually have, you're going to run out at some point. Who told you that? A book told me that. Who wrote the book? It was a. It was a. Let's uh, go find him. It was a compilation. Of, I want to question of him. academic study. Hard called scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> it was in the reference section. Oh, so not in the children and junior section. Well, no, you'll find it there in the library, but in the book in the back it shows where everybody got their references and stuff like that. Oh, so there was a reference section in the book there was a vampire story and it said you know reference check page you know and i did you know and then i was like damn i'm enlightened wow that billy pendant research just you really get in there i i look for facts (laughs) they just slap you in the face huh hard hitting facts you right in the face yeah (laughs) okay so I, i realize now i feel like i just read like an rl stein book but that would be goosebumps i know but same level but the pictures are fucking horrific there's no getting around that yeah i had a scary story book and it was actually about the loop guru the werewolf and it was called taily poe and he didn't have a tail and he kept coming and saying taily poe taily baby i know all the stories i had all give me books. back my taily poe that story didn't bother me but the picture with the story Oh my god, it's like the foot of a bed, like crouched on it, without a tail. Sage, it was horrifying. I know, right? She looks like she really understands me. She gets me. I don't think she does at all. I think she does. Okay. Fuck you. (laughs) Okay, is This is our thing. Eat shit, Billy. Eat (laughs) shit. Well, another area that could have been uh, misconstrued is premature burial. This, oh, she does not like that. She does not want to be buried prematurely. We won't do that. This is when people were unknowingly buried alive. 
So people would report hearing sounds emanating from a specific coffin, and then when it was later dug up, scratch marks were found from the victim trying to escape. Those that saw this thought the dead had tried to rise. In other cases, victims would hit their heads or faces on the coffin, and then when they dug them up, it would give the appearance that they had been quote-unquote feeding because of the blood on their face. Now, another area uh, misinterpreted could be contagions. Clusters of unidentifiable or mysterious illnesses, usually within the same family or small community, as in the Peter Blagojevich and Mercy Brown cases. Tuberculosis was associated with outbreaks of vampirism. The pneumonic form of bubonic plague, which is associated with the breakdown of lung tissue, caused blood to appear on the lips, like when people would cough. People would say, oh my god, they've been drinking blood. <laughs> the damn shame you'd be like, no, it's mine. I'm dying. <laughs> Porphyria, as discussed before, left sufferers seeking to replace the home or hemi, a cofactor ion in the blood, to alleviate their symptoms. So people could have misinterpreted that. And then rabies has been linked to vampire folklore as well. Dr. Juan Gomez Alonso, a neurologist at Zero Hospital in Vigo, Spain, examined this possibility in a report in Neurology, which I'm not sure if it's like a magazine or a medical journal. Light and garlic susceptibility could be due to hypersensitivity, which is a symptom of rabies. The disease can also affect portions of the brain that could lead to sleep disturbances or becoming nocturnal and hypersexuality, which we've heard in several of these where they said there was some type of sexual liaison or something along the sexual nature lines. Legend once said that a man was not rabid if he could look at his own reflection, which is an allusion to the legend that vampires don't have reflections. I vomit every time I see my reflection. I vomit every time I see your reflection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. No, I love you. You're handsome. <laughs> Vampires. Uh, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wolves and bats, often associated with vampires, can be carriers of rabies, and the disease can lead to a drive to bite others into a bloody frothing at the mouth. So, I think rabies takes it. Yeah, there's this cool documentary called Cujo. You should check it out. <laughs> No wolves or bats, but one big fucking dog. Mad. Mm-hmm. And the movie Quarantine, which I have decided I am watching when we're done with this. Good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's really a good movie. It is. Now, there's a psychodynamic theory, and this is just to throw in, because, yeah, it was something to throw in. Why the fuck not? In 1931, the treatise, quote, On the Nightmare, Welsh so... Did you just pop your neck? Oh, yeah. Hard. Welsh psychoanalyst Ernest Jones asserted that vampires are symbolic of several unconscious drives and defense mechanisms. Emotions like love, guilt, and hate fuel the idea of the return of the dead to the grave. Desiring a reunion with loved ones, mourners may project the idea that the recently dead must in return yearn for the same. Yeah, I want them back. They have to want to be back. Right? I can understand that. From this arises... That's like, if you love them, let them go. And if they come back, it was meant to be. A vampire. They're like, I'm back. And they're like, 
you died. <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. And that's how heart attack started. <laughs> heart failure. Wah, wah, wah. From this arises the belief that folkloric vampires and revenants visit relatives, particularly spouses, first. A simpler theory, people identify with immortal vampires because by doing so, they overcome or temporarily escape from their fear of dying. It's deep, man. It's totally deep. And if you would like to find out if you're a real vampire, you can visit www.amiafuckingvampire.com <laughs> Vampire website. That's the name. Vampire website. Real. Yeah. Dot net backslash how to know if a vampire dot html. There's a list of 37 questions and you can find out if you are a vampire. It's like a Cosmo quiz. <laughs> vampire website. Just wow. They put no thought into that. What do you want to call it? Well, it's a website about vampires. Just call it vampire website. Yeah. At it, dot net. What should we call it? Vampire website. You don't think we should get creative? Who's the fucking boss here? Vampire uh, website. Vampire website. Vampire website's taken, sir. Well, then dot net. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Quit yelling. <laughs> and like I said, I've had this research done for over a year now. So I can't verify if that website still works or not because I didn't look to see today because it's okay yeah but if you want to find out vampirewebsite.net backslash how to know if a vampire.html I'm gonna check it out actually I'll try and remember to put that in the show notes and that is all for vampires and sage up our asses okay so, thank you guys all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please, please, please get on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. If you're somebody who doesn't like the show, I don't know why you've been listening for the last hour and 20 minutes, but... You have a real hatred in your heart if you've listened this whole time. Don't just, like, give us a one star and walk away. That would not be appreciated. Anyway... Anywhere you guys can go where you can leave a rating, a review, a shout out, you know, share us on Facebook and, you know, retweet. Anything you can do to get the word out, help widen our audience would be greatly appreciated. If you do leave a review, a shout out, anything like that on any social media or podcast apps, send us a screenshot. Let us know that you did. Give us your uh, address and we will send you a free sticker. We still have plenty, so get on it. That would help us greatly. Once again, hope you guys go and listen to Hoosier Homicide. They're awesome. Probably going to be doing some promo swaps with some other shows soon, so look forward to that because if it's something we like, it's something that you'll probably like if you're a listener of ours. So make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre and on Twitter at Martinis underscore Macabre. You can visit our website, martinisandthemacabre.com, where we have a fully playable episode listing and music track listing from Phaser765. We want to thank him for the artwork for the thumbnail and for the music we use at the end of each episode, so please be sure to check that out. 
There's also a little bio about Billy and myself and a contact page if you want to send us an email. If you want to send us an email directly, it's martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com. So pretty much everything is martinis in the macabre except the Twitter, martinis underscore macabre, which is too many letters for Twitter. I've recently found that out, and I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time all these years. Yeah, man, it's hard. All these years. Still, though, felt like an eternity. <laughs> I did add the S on, though, for it to be martinis underscore macabre. So. Okay. No, it's not martini singular, because we want to have lots, okay. lots of drinks. Yeah, so be sure to follow us on all that jazz. We always try and post stuff, keep you guys in the loop. Um, we love interacting with you guys. We've got some um, amazing listeners that get on there and share stuff and interact. And it's great to see you guys doing that. So please be sure to follow, subscribe, like, whatever you can, and interact with us. It would be greatly appreciated as well. Feel free to share whatever you like on our Facebook. We aren't sticklers about what you can and can't share. If you think it's funny or gross or gory or fascinating, share it. We like hearing about all of it. Is there anything you'd like to add? I like playing footsie with you. I like playing footsie with you too. And he was talking to me, guys, not you. I was talking to you too. Creeper. So, I think that about wraps it up. Make sure you are following us on social media. We will let you know as soon as we have hard details on when our crossover episodes will be coming on. And we are still working on the Patreon. I am working on um, a certificate for certain Patreon subscribers. And we were thinking that maybe for a certain level, once or twice a month, we would do like... um, a little 20 minute episode where me and Billy just shoot the shit whether you know one could be you know our favorite horror movies or one could be where we talk about our favorite murder stories or one could be just you know an ask me anything where you guys submit us questions and we'll record that and put that up because with the hours I work it's just not feasible for me to try and do research on a completely new episode I hope you guys understand that I just I simply don't have the time in the day to do that. I would love to, but we thought that would be another way you guys get a Patreon perk is if we had an episode of something from us and that if you're a patron, you probably would enjoy hearing us shoot the shit and the banner back and forth. Because I know some people don't like that. They want to hear about the story at hand. But if you're a patron, chances are you like our bullshit and you would probably listen. So let us know what you think about that. So that could be something else we offer. And Billy's also been creating things that we may be offering as well. I won't release that yet. So be on the lookout. We will be coming out with that soon. I don't know about merch just yet. Um, but we'll let you guys know. And I don't really have anything else for you guys right now. Other than stay safe. We'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Put eggs under your arms. Yes, put eggs under your arms. Bye.
You know, the other night when you were at work, you pulled a double? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Nugget was playing on his laptop, and he was playing some game, I think Roblox or something. He kept losing and losing and losing. He got so angry. And I was like, buddy, if you're going to be angry like that, just go ahead and go to your room and do it. And he went in there, and I heard, like, no more than about two minutes later, I assume he lost that level, and he went, son of a bitch! And I said, what? And then I heard a little voice go, ah, shit. 